0: enemy muzzles a man today in sexual sin this new technology is going to put him in a Mm straitjacket, and he's just going to be unable to Mm -hmm. escape it and so i was complaining to god i'm like god i mean it is how can a man stay pure today and the lord Mm -hmm. it's like the lord laughed at me and he said it's always been this bad
1: Welcome to the Empowered Manhood Podcast, where men rediscover courageous masculinity. Pull up a chair as we gain strength from the stories of God working in the lives of ordinary men today. These men have discovered that in a world of superficiality and isolation, we need authentic brotherhood to gain strength for the battles we face every day. Brought to you by the ministry of CLC, which challenges men to an uncommon pursuit of Christ. Welcome to empowered manhood. I need to know what the consequences and and risks are of this because it's really bad. So I just I appreciate both you and Mike saying, you know, this is this is death. This is death personified. This is evil. And we have to, we have to reckon with that. We have to, we have to wrestle with that and, mm-hmm. and rely on God to get us out of this.
0: Yeah. If you, I've asked a lot of pastors, a lot of theologians, what was the, the number one downfall of men in the biblical days? Yep. And it was sex. Yep. Yeah. That's right. Yeah,
1: that's right. And I
0: was I was complaining to God one, one year on a sabbatical. I said, it's never been so bad than it is today. It's never been worse, has it, God? Sexual temptation has never been worse than it is right now. And I was saying it from the angle of temptation mm-hmm. because I was in, I was writing the book and I was writing what I felt like was a biblical warning that God was giving me to end the book with and where where pornography is headed and if you don't get free now you you may never get free from it the enemy muzzles a man today in sexual sin this new technology is going to put him in a straitjacket mm-hmm. and he's just going to be unable to yeah. escape it and so I was complaining to god i'm like god i mean it is how can a man stay pure today and the Lord, it's like the Lord laughed at me and he said, it's always been this bad. Right. And I mm-hmm. never read the story in numbers where the Israelites were crossing into the er, uh, the region of Moab. And a lot of people know that story because of Balaam and mm-hmm. an angel appeared and spoke to Balaam's donkey. Well, Balaam was headed to Moab to meet with the king because the king there Summoned him and said, "Hey, I need you to come curse your people out of this land, the Israelites." So Balaam rides his donkey, and you know God tries to stop him by speaking to the the donkey, and then the donkey speaks to Balaam, but he still goes. He meets with the king, and the king says, "Get the Israelites out of here," because the king knew what would happen: the Israelites would take over. And three times Balaam asked God to curse his own people and instead God just blessed them. Yeah. And so the king we don't know exactly how it happened but we know Balaam was involved. And the king and Balaam I guess one night devised a plan and said this will work and they sent the they sent the Moabite women over to the Israelites and said, "Hey, if you'll come worship Baal with us, we'll give you sex." And boom. In one night the the strong god-fearing men israelite men crumbled and it's mm. probably the greatest sexual disaster in the mm. in the entire bible because it was like the death of 24,000 people resulted out of that mm. and when god showed me that in his word i thought it's always been this bad
1: yeah mm.
0: you know we know we know what king david did but I I look at his son, Solomon. Solomon was probably had the probably the largest number of sexual disasters of any man in the Bible.
1: Yeah. Associated and, with the largest number of women in his harem. I mean, he had exactly tons yeah. of women. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited to see. I shouldn't say it that way. I'll be
0: shocked if Solomon is in heaven. Really, and that's a very that's a very bold statement. But here's why it is a
1: bold statement.
0: <laughs> and if any theologians listening that has any commentary on this, I'm all ears. But Solomon died with a harem of one, women worshiping Baal, and so I'll be shocked if he's in heaven. Gosh, I hope he is because Proverbs is like my one of my favorite books of the Bible. As is Ecclesiastes. Yeah, yeah. they're two opposite books. But Solomon gave us so much wisdom because he had so much failure. Mm. But if you look at the Bible, sexual sin was the downfall of some of the greatest men we talk about today in the church. Mm. Yep. And it is it was just as bad that it is, it was just as bad then as it is today. Yep. We think we have internet pornography and it just comes and finds us, and there's temptation everywhere. I am convinced it's always been this way. Sexual sin is man's number one downfall. And I write about it like this. It's the enemy's
1: number one attack on you as a man. Yep. Let's um, talk a little bit about, because here we're interviewing you at a very interesting time. I actually love the timing of this, Jeremy, because of what just came out with Facebook changing to meta mm-hmm. and the whole idea of the metaverse, which, and I'm sure, I think, I don't know if you and I talked about this before, Jeremy, I think maybe we did, but like that word meta, it means death, Actually, yeah. <laughs> which we were just talking about death and how, you know, our sin leads to death. Um, so talk a little bit about your, what specifically you're very hesitant, hesitant or, or, I don't know if I'd say fearful, but you're concerned about in terms of the upcoming technology and how that's going to entrap men.
0: Yeah. When I mentioned earlier that pornography puts a muzzle on a man today and what's coming is going to put him in a straight jacket, What I'm talking about is VR, mm-hmm. AR, yep. virtual reality porn and augmented reality porn are going to take pornography and already are right now to an unimaginable level. And I was, I was seeking the Lord on how to end the book. And he said, end with this. If you don't get free now, you may never get free. And if you go talk to a man that's already experienced pornography in VR and AR and hologram technology, because it's out there, Mm -hmm. the technology is here. And and men are engaging in it. In fact, there's already recorded divorces. I think it was in the United Kingdom where women were discovering their husbands in VR pornography sessions. And they said it was so real. He was cheating on me and they got a divorce. Mm -hmm. And so what that technology is going to do, I think it's end times related. I don't think God intends us to live on this earth plugged into a fake world. Right. Um, and so I don't want to get too much into the theological discru- discussion of pre-tribulation, mid-tribulation, post-trib. Right. Nobody sure. knows. Nobody knows. Yeah. The Bible, the surest thing the Bible says about the end times is nobody knows when. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. I tell people yeah. I'm not pre-trib, I'm not mid-trib, I'm not even post-trib. I'm just trib. I just believe <laughs> the tribulation's gonna happen. I just don't know when. Yeah. And so I talk at the end of the book how VR porn is Satan's going in for the kill move. Mm. And I believe when a man crosses that threshold from just looking at pornography to now engaging in it through VR. I believe it's a threshold that if you cross it, you may never come back. I came across a story. uh, Kirk Cameron and Ray Comfort are on the radio every now and then doing these Mm -hmm. little sound bites. And I was driving to the office one day and they were telling this story about um, these two guys that were out snowmobiling in 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 a wide meadow. And it was a true story. These two guys were out just playing around one of them spotted this new path that had been carved and it appeared that it was leading to a new meadow because you could look down it and see that there was another snow powdery meadow at the end of it. Mm. So one of the guys took off down the path, speeded toward this new meadow. And as soon as he entered the meadow, he was decapitated because At the end of that path that opened into the meadow were two wooden posts, and there was a thin wire connecting those posts. And it was at just the right height. It was at just the right height that when he crossed into the meadow, it cut his head off. Wow. He was going that fast. And the Lord reminded me of that story, and he said, that's what VR pornography is going to do to men. Hmm. It's going to instantly decapitate them. Hmm. And it, it's just chilling to think about because every time every man I talk to has actually looked at pornography. That's how bad the statistics are. Every man I talked to for the hmm. last four years of me walking in this ministry and being public about it has looked at pornography. They've seen it. And I've never met a man that said, if you could put on a headset and put on a body set. And it could literally feel real to you. Do you think you could get out of that? And a lot of guys will lie and say, oh yeah, yeah. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All things. And then it goes back to this. Can a man take fire and expect it not to burn? Mm -hmm. When we walk into temptation We are walking into a blazing inferno expecting all of a sudden as a Christian sometimes, oh, I can handle this. Oh, I'm strong Mm. enough. Mm. I've never met a man with temptation-proof flesh. I've met a lot of liars. Mm. (laughs) But I've never met a man on this earth that has temptation-proof flesh. And I think VR Mm. is going to destroy believers. So I so I'm going to root with the pre-trib guys. I hope VR and hmm. VR pornography is is ushers in the the rapture. Yeah, because I believe yeah. men are going to cross that threshold and never come back. And I don't see anywhere in the Bible how 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 that I don't see the Father allowing that to happen. Because hmm. if I'm being honest, Mike. I fear myself accidentally mm. crossing that threshold. Mm-hmm. Because I've seen myself in situations where all of a sudden I'm faced with a fire to my chest. Mm. And I didn't I didn't I didn't go to that website. I didn't mean to walk into that restaurant, but all of a sudden I'm like, "Whoa, there's mm-hmm. a blazing inferno in front of me." Yeah, I can't imagine accidentally entering into a virtual world yeah. And all of a sudden be like, whoa, this is this is different. And and staying long enough and trying to get a feel for how this works, because I think we're all going to engage in virtual reality. Hmm. And I fear being blindsided by temptation that's that could sink me. Yeah. Because I know how weak I am. The yeah. Bible tells me your flesh is weak. Yep. I was at an auction years ago and I just got there it was about 7:30 in the morning. I'd had a cup of coffee, a bottle of water and I had to pee. So I immediately hit the men's restroom. Well, the men's restroom at a car auction, a major dealer car auction is like the state Ooh. fair. There's like there's like 50 urinals. Yeah. Because it's mostly a male dominated environment, the car right. auctions. So I found an open urinal and I'm standing there and I'm peeing. I look up and there's a flyer in front of the urinal. Yeah. And they're usually there to advertise promotions for the auctions. And so the flyer in front of me was the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders busting out of their outfits, advertising a set of Super Bowl tickets. And I immediately looked down. Because I, I had to pee. You know, I was going to be there for a minute or two. <laughs> yeah, right. And so I looked down. And I had this thought come to my mind is looking down sufficient here. And it was like, I was asking God, like God is, you know, this is, I just got blindsided by this art, this image. It's right in front of me is looking down sufficient here. And then I thought if that, if that flyer was a blowtorch spitting fire at me, would I stand there and let it torch the top of my head? Hmm. (laughs) no i i would instantly flee Hmm. and i'm i'm still peeing and i'm having all this thought these thoughts and i said
1: i i gotta i'm not done i (laughs) I was just gonna say you're gonna have to you're gonna have to cut it off i mean that that's that's highly uncomfortable (laughs) so i i did what
0: no man ever wants to do i I constricted whatever muscle (laughs) or nerve that cuts it off Right. And I looked down a few urinals and I saw an open one and I quickly walked down and finished the business. Wow. Yeah. And when I, when I, when I got there, I looked at the, the flyer and it was advertising like an iPad and I stood there and looked at that iPad in a, in a, in a, you know, just a, mm-hmm. uh, what am I trying to say? Just a gaze. Yeah. I was just gazing at this iPad and I just started laughing. I'm like, I am such an idiot. I am I that weak. And the mm. Holy Spirit just spoke to me and said, Yes, mm. you are that weak. And I said, Lord, I need you every single day of my life, every mm. single moment. And I and I think that's where my prayer language really entered my life at a at a, a level I'd never experienced. I started praying about everything. Hmm. all the time. Lord, go before Hmm. me, Hmm. cover me from behind. Lord, I need you in this world. As I walked into the auction Hmm. that morning, I had an image and it was of my son. And I said in this image, what if I could be a fly on the wall and witness my son go out of his way in an environment to obey his father? And he didn't know I was there but hmm. I got to be a fly on the wall and witness him obey my instructions when he didn't need to. And there was temptation around. He still decided that he would obey his dad. And the Lord said, how much would you want to bless him after that?
1: <laughs> that's, am- I just started- that's amazing. I love that thought. I love that.
0: I started crying, Mike,
1: Ugh.
0: because I realized. Man, I would just want to bless my son's socks off. How proud I would be as yeah. his father. Yeah. I mean, it would, it would be such a life-changing event. And the Lord said, That's how I want you to live. I want you mm-hmm. to go out of your way just to obey me. And it changed, it changed my life. Mm-hmm. Because now I see, I don't see that I'm faced with temptation and it's a hard thing for me to overcome. Now I see I have the opportunity to obey my father every single day. Hmm. And you can change your mind about that. You can walk into an environment full of temptation. You can get on the internet and all of a sudden see that there's a temptation. And instead of sitting there waiting for it to suck you in, you can say, this is an opportunity to obey my dad. This is an Hmm. opportunity to do what my dad says, because if I do what he says, it's going to be good for me. Yeah. And that takes true belief. It takes yeah, true man. belief in a sellout Christian to do that.
1: Hey guys, this is Mike Hatch, and if you are a pastor or a men's ministry leader and you're looking for a discipleship curriculum that is both affordable and accessible, I'd love to tell you more about CLC's newest curriculum line called Getting Real, A Small Group Guide to Spiritual Authenticity. This study is designed for groups of five to eight men meeting weekly to get real about life's victories. And struggles. It's divided into three sessions of 12 weeks each that cover the nature of God, daily living, and the big picture. I recently started two getting real groups myself and the $50 price tag as well as the 12-week commitment made it much easier and accessible for guys to want to jump in. This is the perfect study for guys who maybe have never been in a group before. And don't worry, this study still contains all the amazing things that make a CLC study a CLC study, like fence post stories, scripture memorization, and affirmation experiences. You can find out more about this study at our website at clchq.org or shoot me an email at mhatch@clchq.org. I'd love to talk to you about the study and how to integrate it into your own church's discipleship strategy. That's all for now, so let's get back to the interview. Yeah, it's funny you say that too because there early on, you know, because of my own, uh, yeah, because of my own recovery from pornography and my and the addiction that I experienced, and and the the pain and struggle and hardship it caused in my marriage. Um, my wife and I were very specific with my son. We only have we have one child. It's our it's uh he's twelve years old now, but very specific from a young age, I mean, I'm talking four or five years old, um, that the way we worded it was, and, and I actually got this from another friend of mine who did it with his kids. I thought it was really wise. He said the, it is, um, the only woman you should look on, uh, in nakedness is, is your wife. That's. And so, and we we would talk about how, you know, if we were in the mall, we might take a different route maybe above as opposed to just right by Victoria's secret, you know, store or something. Yeah. But, um, there were, there have been moments now he's 12 now, uh, he's older, he's going to make mistakes. He's going to, you know, but, um, but I, I have seen him in that arena do what you just said. And, and where, you know, he was younger, you know, I mean, probably between five and seven or eight or something like that. But I, I would see him where he would deflect his eyes or, or bring that back up and say, uh, yeah, we're not supposed to look at that, blah, blah, blah. And I, and I, man, is it, it, your heart swells, you know, Mm. you, you just, the, the, it just pleases you to no end and brings pride and and, uh, in a good way, being proud of him. But, Mm. um, but that's exactly right, man. I, I love that you, again, I, as men, I think it's such a great perspective to have that, to think of our our, think of God as our father, who's pleased with us. And we want to please him and obey him and then, and bring him that pleasure, you know?
0: Yeah. I write something in the book that is so powerful. I, I heard, a an author and a teacher, his name's Dudley Hall. And I was sitting in a Bible study that he was teaching years ago. And he said this just off the cuff. He said, you know, Religion says, I've messed up. My dad's going to kill me. But Sonship (laughs) says, I've messed up. I better call my dad. Mm. And it's such a powerful, simple statement on how we're supposed to see our father. Yeah, You know, I never want any of my children to say, I've messed up. My dad's going to kill me. I want them to say, man, I've messed up. I need, I need to call my dad.
1: Amen. Wow. Jeremy, thank you so much for being with us today. If, uh, if folks want to reach out to you, if they want to, you know, contact you, um, you know, sometimes pastors listen to this podcast and maybe, maybe a pastor wants to bring you out to have you speak and share with, with the men in his church. Um, yeah, where, where can they, where can they reach you?
0: Yeah, our website is unmuzzledmen.com, unmuzzledmen.com. And then if you go to that website, there's a contact form. You can reach up to us there. You can get the book just about anywhere online today. Mm-hmm. It's called Unmuzzled. I wrote that book for men who have sexual immorality in their life, continue to struggle it. But I wrote it equally for men that aren't struggling. I try to reach men that are walking in freedom more than I'm reaching guys in the struggle because I believe God's trying to raise up an army of elite soldiers. The guys that aren't struggling, that are conquering, because I didn't write about this in the book because I didn't know it. But the greatest way I stay vigilantly against sexual sin is by recognizing opportunity God gives me to call it out on other men. And every time I get to reach and grab hold of a man who's heading toward the slaughter, there's something supernatural that transfers on me in the sense of, man, I just did kingdom work. God mm. just used me to intercept a man, a man the enemy has a grip on. Yep. There's something supernatural that I can't explain about that, but I'll tell you what it does more than anything. It keeps me vigilant. Because I know that I can't go fall into this junk myself and expect God to keep using me. And I desire to be used by God more than anything in my life. Mm -hmm. And so I wrote the book equally for men who are in freedom on this. Because there's a message in that book that I believe every man is called to help other men in this. That's beautiful.
1: All right. So folks can go to your website, Jeremy at uh at unmuzzledmen.com is that right correct that was right okay and uh yeah i recommend this book highly to every every guy man i just think it is so timely um and uh and and i believe that this is this is a message from god to men's hearts um and so get a copy and uh, and read it share it and um, yeah and and grab jeremy have him come to your church, have him come to your, your business, whatever it is. Like, I know you're, you're talking to people all the time, Jeremy. Um, but I just think God has, uh, some real incredible things ahead, uh, for you in terms of him using you to free other men. Um, and I'm just looking forward to seeing that as we continue in, in you and I, our relationship. So anyway, thank you, Jeremy so much for being on the empowered manhood podcast.
0: Thank you guys.